Hi, and welcome to the Built Environment Marketing Show, hosted by me, Io Abbas. Before the show begins, I just wanted to do a bit of an intro to this very special episode, which is a recording of a webinar that I took part in earlier this week, looking at brand, it's personal. The session was for BuildUp, which is a network of marketing and communications professionals from the built environment. And what we wanted to do was have a session where we talked about personal brand and company brand and how I guess you can make it work for our businesses, but also for ourselves as marketeers. I'll put some notes in the show notes about BuildUp so you can find out more about us as a community and if you're interested in joining. Now let's get on and listen to the webinar. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the second build-up event of the year and the first online event that we've run in a little while. My name is Dominique Steindl. I'd like to welcome you all to this fireside chat about personal branding in a professional setting. For those of you who are new, uh, build-up is a networking community for the built environment set up and run voluntarily by our fabulous and friendly steering committee, most of whom you'll find on this call. uh, And you can identify on our website and on LinkedIn posts as well. Uh, Now, a testament to the interest in today's topic is that we've had hundreds of online subscribers. Well, maybe just 100 so far, but uh, we'll get those numbers up. Um, And yet the concept concept of brand itself or, or personal brand is often misunderstood or it's placed in a box or it's simply left alone for fear that it's not relevant to me being you, uh, the audience. So here to change your mind to debunk any myths and share their wisdom this afternoon are two of the best people for the job and fellow build-up steering committee members. Ayo Abbas of Abbas Marketing. So Ayo runs her own marketing business, managing content and campaigns for engineers and architects across the UK. And Chris Moore. Chris is the head of uh, communications at Price and & Myers and is a hardcore brand enthusiast. Um, I'll be asking them questions, but most of all, We want your comments in the relevant comment boxes on whichever platform you're tuning in from today, be it LinkedIn or StreamYard. So that's enough from me. Let's get the conversation started. I'm going to start with you. What is personal brand? So I think, I mean, there's tons of definitions out there, but for me, the main one that really stands out is it's what people say about you when you're not in the room. I think that's a really lovely definition because... You can put what you like about yourselves out, in, I guess, into the world, but actually it's what people actually take in, what they understand and how they communicate it to others. So for me, personal brand is really around that. And it's really important because ultimately people do business with people. And, you know, that human connection, that human touch, that human relationship. So I think that whole thing around personal brand is about, I guess, what you convey to the world, but also what the world kind of takes in about you. And Chris, what about you? How do you see it as different well, to your reputation? Well, I, I should start off by saying that not everyone agrees with me on this, but um, including some very influential sort of business teachers and authors. So feel free to disagree with me. But I, I've always advocated for treating B2B communications in the same way as B2C communications because, you know, people are people. And as, as Io said, you know, we like doing business with people. And I think that similarly about brand for business and personal brand, that there are a number of sort of significant overlaps. Um, I think the first thing to to really acknowledge is that you have a personal brand, whether you like it or not. I think we all do. Um, I've heard people say to me, I I don't have a personal brand. And I'm like, if you actively don't have a personal brand, that is your personal brand. That is actually it. Um, 
your reputation is related to personal brand. I think there is overlap, but I think they are slightly different. To me, uh, reputation is a more passive quality. Um, you know, they're the, the first impressions that you make, the way others see you. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think that well, there's a guy Michael Eisner who was a former CEO of Disney Corp, and he said that brand is made up of a thousand gestures, and I kind of see that as like brand is everything. It's the little bits of everything, and that includes your reputation. But I see brand and as a result, personal brand as a much more active process. You know, if your reputation is how people see you, your personal brand is how you want people to see you. You know, it's it's your value and what you stand for and it's what you're about. And you need a good reputation to be credible, but I think a good personal brand helps make you visible. I think visibility is the key there, definitely. Yeah, do we need a personal brand? I think you've got to have a personal brand. Why? Because if you don't if you don't manage it then it's, you're just leaving it completely open for people to make up their own connotations or own, you know, own versions of who you are and what you do and what you're about. So I think in some ways it's, it's up to you to kind of convey who you are and put it out there. And I think, like, like Chris says, we all do have a personal brand. So I think it's very much about kind of what is it that you want to be known for? And I think, yeah, I think more personally, I'm always like more marketers should be out there with their own personal brands and not just be hiding in the shadows behind the people we kind of feed and support. So I think that's a huge thing that we don't do. We don't talk as people, as individuals, because we're highly, you know, we're highly qualified, we're highly skilled, we're experts in what we do, but often we're hidden away and we don't have our own personal brands, but we leave it to our companies. And I think that's a huge kind of missing part in what we do. Yeah, and I think it comes back to that kind of active um, process. I, as you say, um, you know, I absolutely believe that everyone has a has a personal brand, whether they like it or not. Um, and and your personal brand is about what you stand for, and and uh, you know demonstrates your value and can help you just achieve what it is that you want to achieve, whether it's for your work or for your business. And like a like a business's brand helps those opportunities come towards you, rather than having to always be sort of rolling up the sleeves and and out there, um, you know, digging for gold. And are there different considerations for people working in-house and those who are sort of consulting or business owners, for example? There are, but again, they are related. I think if you're in-house, um, then you can be, uh, and I'm sure you guys can all think of examples of this where you, you know, you've got the right education, you've got the right experience, you're really hardworking, um, you're really well-liked, um, but people might not know you really well within, the, within your practice or your business. And I don't just mean <clears throat> that they don't recognise your face as you come through the door or they can't put a name to your face. We, you know, we're all you know, sort of active enough in, in our businesses for that. But um, they, the people don't necessarily know what you stand for. And, you know, again, coming back to that thing, personal brand for me is about making yourself visible. It's about what you value and, you know, what you work to project. And, and those two things have to align to be truly authentic, I think, and to truly resonate. Um, and it means that your voice is just more easily heard, that your ideas are better received, um, that you're more clearly differentiated within your business and that you can, you know, therefore more clearly differentiate your business because that's what we do, right, most of us on this call, um, as a result of that. And I think if you're a consultant, you're running your own business, then all of that is also true, um, but, you know, you're sort of directing that at people who are already paying you and people that you hopefully, you know, want to be paying you sometime in the future. Uh, what's your take on it, Naya? 
Um, I guess I'm a consultant and I, and I set up the month before lockdown. So in terms of my personal brand, I wasn't probably going out as much because I, you know, I'm a single mum. So quite often I'm home. So I had been planning to go out, start to network and build up my personal brand that way. But that was kind of taken away with lockdown. So for me, building a personal brand, getting myself out there, which was very much online. So finding that kind of tone of voice and creating my personal brand, understanding what it was that I stood for, what my business would stand for, that all kind of came to the fore for me when I started working for myself. So it kind of, it rose in its importance, but also it's taken a while to build. So, you know, I've been at this now for three years and actually now I'm getting referrals because people know what I stand for or do, or they go, oh, actually, I know someone who does that, you know, and I think that type of thing, it takes time to build. Um, so I think whether or not you're working in-house or for yourself, or you might have ambitions to work for yourself at some point, your personal brand is yours, right? And I think if you start building it now, even just starting to do what things once a month about things that, you know, to show who you are, that's going to build and stay with you for your whole career. So I think that's the important part of personal brand and, and why more market, more marketers across the piece in-house or working for themselves should do it. And I think it's around, it builds reputation of who you are and gets, you know, it's yours to own. And I think you two are actually a really good example of that sort of, um, you know, uh, that your personal brand is really what people buy when they buy your services that, you know, that it's clear what you two are about. And, you know, I occasionally commission um, consultants to come and work with me as well. And when you've got that really clear position that you two do, and I know many other people on the call and, and you know, in build up, um, you know, that's, that's really powerful, but it also really helps with trust, you know, that it, I, you are differentiated and, uh, you know, people understand what you're about and that just makes it easier to, to trust you and to know that you, they're going to get the result that they want. But also, I think it's also, it also, as I can say, it also can repel people, not us in particular. But, <laughs> but, but you know that whole thing whereby it's like, actually, if you're not into these types of issues, then maybe I'm not the consultant for you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it repels people in that way. If you want someone who's quiet and reserved, maybe that, coming to me is not the thing. You know, so, and, and, and that's it. And I think your personal brand kind of conveys that and says that. And it's, you know, who you are what you like to work with that experience. And I think that's what it does. And also, I think it also creates value as well because you turn around and go, then the people start to associate, you know, certain things with you, what you can do, who the types of firms you're working with. And again, that's a value, you know, it, it's, it's valuable in terms of how much you can charge, right? Same thing for, you know, companies as well. That's spot on. I think that, you know, Dom and I shared this conversation. We were just chatting about um, someone's personal brand, uh, or, I don't know, a week or two in preparation for, for this call. And and Dom, you know, you were a little bit like, oh, this feels a little bit dry or a little bit quiet. And it was kind of like, yeah, but what's that person's market? I don't know what their market is. I don't know what they're going after. And this is, they were on LinkedIn. Um, and it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's they may not be trying to target me. I may not be in their market. They still might be a lovely person. And I would enjoy yeah. having a chat with them, but it's that they are not presenting the sort of thing that I would be looking for, but their market might. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's that, that whole thing of, yeah, you can have repelling content. <laughs> if you're not into these issues, maybe I'm not the person. And that's fine. Well, let's not repel anyone. Let's just say not necessarily engage people. Really. No, I like the word repel. Great repel. word. <laughs> 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 
what I understand you to be saying, Io, is that it's a clarifying piece. So it helps identify whether or not, you know, there's a personality, a chemistry um, check there. But what about, I mean, us comms folk where we understand the value of brand um, and it's easy for us to put ourselves out there because we write and because we speak as part of our jobs. What about, I, I want to pick up on Isabel's question here because she's she's voiced essentially what I was going to ask next. And what about the experts who don't have to do that but don't think that they're, you know, what they've got to say is valuable or aren't confident about what they how they can say what they need to say? Um, in order to create a brand? Or is it about saying things out loud? Can you help differentiate that? Um, I think for me, if I, yeah, I, you know, everyone's not going to always want to have something to say. And I think you're right. As comms people, we're in that privileged position that we help people say stuff. Um, but I think there's, you know, I sometimes I think if you've got someone who isn't that confident, I'm going to talk about LinkedIn because that's probably where I use what I use the most. But I would say that whole thing, I mean, they could just connect and engage and that could be their strategy on LinkedIn. So like connecting with relevant people and just commenting, supporting the types of people that they want to, you know, connect with and work with. And, and you know, and that could be your personal brand. Is that actually, you no, know, I'm just a very supportive person who shares my thoughts and opinions, but on, on someone else's post. So you don't even need to post yourself directly, but you still start to build up a network and people would still start to see you and you still have visibility even if you're not posting directly. So I think those kind of softer ways are easier. So you don't always have to be like, I guess, marketers, generally we're quite happy to be more open, whereas I think, yes, yeah, some engineers and some architects we work with aren't necessarily like that. And I think there are different ways of tackling personal brand that aren't so visible. And, you know, if, if you're not a speaker, then, you know, you could be writing for leadership pieces for a, for a magazine or sharing your expertise there. So there's lots of different ways you can kind of share your voice and your opinion. It doesn't have to be so in your face. Yes. Yeah, I think from, from our point of view, I mean, you know, you know that you can lead a horse to water, as it were. Um, I think it's about the intent that if somebody wants to sort of, you know, have a, a bigger presence or a bigger voice, then that's part of what we do to assist people in that way. And, you know, from an in-house point of view, I always say to people, look for internal opportunities first because then you're talking to an audience that knows you um, and, 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 you know, knows what you, hopefully knows what you're about to a certain degree. And so I always, you know, talk about um, are there regular speaking opportunities in your business? Is there a morning coffee or a lunch meet? Do you do knowledge sharing sessions? Um, and just to contribute to them when and where you can. Um, if there's a you know, two-minute update on what your group has been doing in your practice, is there a question you could ask the speaker of the day? You know, get used to putting your hand up and just you know, saying something. And, and over time, you know, if, from, in terms of being a speaker, you will get better. You, know, I, you may not believe this, but I am shy to the point of utter introversion, like literally. I, you know, when I was a kid growing up, my local shopkeeper used to call me the judge because I never said a word and I didn't smile. Um, and I forced myself to become a, a competent speaker. You know, as um, your old mate from Manchester, Morrissey, said that, you know, shyness is nice and shyness can stop you from doing all the things in life you want to. That is true. Um, and personal brand, um, you know, is about visibility. So you, you, if this is something that you want to develop, You've got to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. You've got to do things, but you can be gentle and you can start slow. And I always say look for internal opportunities first before you jump out with an opinion piece on LinkedIn or 
go and give a go and give a presentation to the NLA or something like that. But I guess that's, I love that idea, and it's that scaling part, isn't it? You just scale up in terms of what you're doing in incremental steps, and I think that definitely is the way to do it. And before you know, yeah, before you start kind of broadcasting stuff, because yeah, it can be a bit like whoa. <laughs> So then, so, so then, what's the value? Why, why should anyone be doing this? Oh, that's a golden question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as I said earlier, I think it's about, as with any brand, it's about making your your career. In my case, if I'm talking about in house again, and your business's life easier. It's about you know rather than having to. Um, constantly be going out, the, the better you develop your brand, the more those opportunities come to you. And they can be promotional opportunities within your business. They can be, um, you know, if you're in a position within your business that you need to, you know, uh, go out and win work. Um, if you develop your your personal brand, um, then you can really help your business. And, that, and that, you know, that's a virtuous circle that can help you and your business grow. Um, I, 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 you probably want to comment on LinkedIn here as well and some stats that we were talking about earlier on. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, in, in terms of LinkedIn, which is just the kind of thing that I love, um, they've got their kind of employee advocacy research piece. And it says, like, you know, employee networks have 10 times more connections than their company page, but only 3% of an employee, employer's employees actually share content about their company. So if I post something as IO rather than as a Bass Marketing, it's, it's going to get much more traction. And I think that's where company pages and stuff on LinkedIn aren't necessarily doing the right stuff because in some ways posting on your company page may actually be secondary. In some ways, what you might want to do is actually have different variations and encourage your people to actually be posting themselves directly, but you give them the tools to do it and to tailor it in their own way and they tag your company because actually you get far more reach and reach far more people and also having their opinions helps your company page anyway. So it's kind of like looking at it in that kind of way of actually how do you make it more valuable and how do you make it provide more value to the individual but also to the business. And I think there's also this thing about how do you get your teams and your and your, and your people to actually want to kind of do this kind of interaction because the whole kind of employee advocacy piece is huge. Um, but I, I think in terms of value that having a personal brand brings to me personally, I get opportunities that come through the door. You know, I get, I've had, pre, you know, I've had a journalist literally from the Times take a blog I wrote on LinkedIn and put it in a piece. And that's, I didn't have to do anything. He, lifted it, he just emailed me and said, I've seen this in, in, on your LinkedIn. Can I use it? You know, and that kind of stuff does, he's not going to, he's not going to find that on my website, but because of LinkedIn, it was on the first page of Google when he did his search. So, I think in terms of value that, you know, LinkedIn, LinkedIn personal brand can bring to you is a huge amount. And I think it's that whole opportunities. And also people, with, you know, you start getting, once people understand what you do, people start coming to you. And that's the lovely part. When you're not chasing down work, it actually comes through the door. And if you're a company, it just helps your pipeline no end, you know, when people can actually understand who you are and what you do. And likewise, if you're in-house, it's exactly that too, you know, and and me a culpa, you know, I've, I've I would really take on board what you've just said there I, without turning this into a, a LinkedIn uh, tutorial. But, you know, our company page for Price and Mize does very moderate engagement, but we've got um, a couple of really experienced and, and quite well-known um, engineers. And we had a partner, um, Tim Lucas, who's an engineer here who you may know, and really clever guy. And he, he literally, he's like his first Instagram post. He'd only used, uh, sorry, uh, LinkedIn. He'd only used LinkedIn just to sort of keep up with what's going on. 
And then he put a post up about uh, a structure that he had repurposed and put in his kid's primary school as a play climbing frame. And my God, if it didn't get thousands and thousands of likes. And I'm kind of like, that was a little bit of a bing moment for me. It's kind of like, oh, crap, we've got to get, we've got to get better at this, don't we? We've got to get these people. These personal if you, if you brands represent the and it's like literally harnessing that. So you haven't, you know, how often are your engineers going out to site, Chris? If you could harness yeah. it so they could actually understand. Actually, I saw this on site. Isn't this really interesting? You know, I've set the parameters and you don't have to do all of that kind of stuff behind it. But actually, if you can start to enable people to have the confidence to post and share, you're, you know, you're, what the amount of engagement you will get and they will get and connections. Yeah. And also it helps when clients, you know, you meet a client and the client's like, oh, I saw that post about such and such or... You know, and, and that does help the conversation. Hi, it's Io here, and I just wanted to tell you a bit more about the show. The Built Environment Marketing Show was set up during lockdown one as a way to help firms do better marketing. It was very much about having the conversations that I have with my friends and showing what best practice really is. In terms of me, well, I'm actually a generalist marketeer, so I guess I know lots of things about marketing and how to put everything together. So I could be talking about, you know, PR or understanding what to do next strategy wise or figuring out how to get in front of the right audience or what messaging you should be using. Those are all things that I'm kind of really skilled in and understand how to do for my clients. I now work for myself and I set up my own consultancy at Bass Marketing in 2020. And I'm working with a range of engineering and architectural firms and even prop tech firms who really want to, I guess, talk the language of their clients and their audiences and do something a bit different in terms of their strategy and content. If what I do sounds of interest to you, do email me at io at abassmarketing.com and that's A-Y-O or head to my website, which is www.abassmarketing.com for more info. There's also a link in the show notes. Bye. So talk to me about um, about employers then and uh, their fear of employees having growing brands. Well, I mean, this is just the battle of our lives, isn't it, if you're a brand person? I, you know, I think, you know, my take firstly, and again, if I've done a brand presentation for Build Up a couple of years ago and I talk about brand endlessly and, you know, um, and it's equally true of, of personal brands, I think. But, you know, brand is oxygen for a business. Brand is the thing that can just keep you keep you breathing, um, and it can be hugely influential for you too from a personal point of view. And if somebody in your practice doesn't like brand, or or you're a bit nervous about it yourself, or sceptical, then you're restricting your breathing. And you know, there's a comment that we we when we were talking about this call the other day. There are some employers that don't like their their employees to be too prominent from a personal brand point of view because. It makes them attractive for being poached by by other businesses, and I'm kind of like that's the most warped approach of all time for me. It's like it's like your star striker for your football team scores too many goals, so we're going to play him in defense so that nobody thinks he's that good. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll put, but don't worry, we'll, you're yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll put her in the reserve so that she, no, nobody thinks she's any good, and and we can just keep her a secret. I mean, it's just a, that's a whole different thing about looking after your people. But you know, let let your stars go out there and shine for you. Um, and, and if people are nervous about the word brand, um, you know, if your senior people are, I always just try to move them away from the word and just get them get, get them talking about how you're perceived and how you engage and how people engage with you because that to me, you know, that, that's the sort of essence of brand really um, and it makes it easier for people to, uh, 
to kind of conceive of and not think that somebody's trying to con them out of something, which seems to be the way some people approach brand itself. I guess as well, I mean, the personal brand word as well, it's that whole kind of, it's got that kind of uh, connection with the word influencer, isn't it? Which nobody wants to be because you're like, you're like, oh, you're on Love Island. But that's the kind of, you know, that's the connotation. But influencer is actually the right word, even if it's like a micro-influencer. You're an influencer, Chris? Yes, you are. Um, but it's it's uncomfortable. It's like, you know, even I, I'm not completely like, when someone says it to me, I'm like, I don't want to be there. But we are all influencers in some way, shape or form. And I do, and I think the other thing is like, when we're talking in-house, I think, you know, that whole thing about people being poached is the thing that, you know, they're always worried about. But that's going to happen anyway. <laughs> it's like, and the key to me is you've got to have a decent kind of CRM system, a decent company page. So you are actually capturing these conversations and meetings and all of that stuff and have that data and those systems to support personal brand and those relationships. So it's kind of like you are capturing that data. So it's not just about that one person and you are bringing them into your kind of wider marketing ecosystem. I think that's really what firms that aren't necessarily doing anyway. And that applies to all marketing activity, not just personal brand. So I think that's the bigger issue, but that's harder to crack than saying just don't post or raise your personal brand because you'll go. It's like, no, you build the system around so that your whole marketing engine works properly. So. I think this subject could be a whole other call, to be fair. You know. <laughs> Break it angry. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to go. I'm going to go to another question because I think it's a doozy. Um, Laura Thomas is asking. She's navigating change with personal brand. Well, I don't know whether she is, but uh, navigating change with personal brand. Any tips? How does one navigate their change in their personal brand? Oh, that's good. I, I think uh, incrementally is is the uh, yeah. is probably the best response. Um, and you've either what are your options? Incrementally or or a big bang. Um, I think if you're trying to sort of change your position uh, for whatever reason, and I, I don't know, again, we probably delve more deeply into this in terms of what the characteristics are from for personal brand change. But it, to me, it comes back, what do you value? What do you stand for? What are you trying to convey? It's an active process um, to, to actually have people take on board um, what, you, what you want them to, to know and feel about you. So, um, I would just say if you feel like your personal brand is not in a good position at the moment, a little bit of self-analysis, find out uh, within yourself what it is that you really want to get across. And then incrementally, if you're in-house, as I say, start off with some of these internal opportunities. You know, um, uh, Tend the garden of your uh, LinkedIn account. Um, turn up to things and ask questions, You know, all of those sort of simple things. Get If you want to get known for something else, you just have to incrementally build that up over time. A little bit like what you were saying when you started your business, Sire. Exactly. And I think I think that's exactly it. I mean, I often talk about uh, content pillars and kind of what's the kind of three key areas that you want to discuss or whether you want to take your brand. And, you know, like mine are me. I like talking about myself. Uh, but, but that's about my skills, what I do, my education, all that kind of stuff. But then it's like, mar- you know, marketing. So marketing in, in, in the vein of I'm interested in innovation, I'm interested in you know, how to do kind of marketing better and, and improving it. And then also around kind of the built environment. So that whole kind of, I know the industry we're in. So that's generally what my three pillars are. And I think those pillars are quite broad, but they can evolve and change and kind of slightly shape depending on what's interesting me at that time or what things I have to sell or what things I want to do. So I think having that kind of framework or something that is who you stand for, and that can evolve 
But I think having something like that can help you kind of navigate change and give you a structure to kind of start working towards. So I, I mean, I find that quite useful in terms of kind of having that kind of content pillar approach. And it kind of, it just keeps me slightly on track. And then now and then you get not a completely random place where that's because something annoyed me. But generally, <laughs> it's, it's over that. <laughs> random is good. Keep people on their toes. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> well, spe- speaking of random and, and sort of um, uh, veering a little bit off Laura's comment, I noticed that we've got, so we've got someone from Abu Dhabi here and someone from Texas. Um, let's just talk about audiences because, I mean, this is really important as well. Either, you know, you could be someone young who doesn't think they've got anything to say or doesn't know how to reach um, the ears or the eyes that they need to, but we've also got sort of a global world now. So how do we navigate our own personal brand when we're trying to sort of reach audiences that we, you know, that we might not know about or, or we don't know sort of how to connect with otherwise? Oh, that's a hard oh, question, Dom. Sorry. <laughs> question without notice. That's really tricky. Such a real. <laughs> <laughs> Europe was going off script. Never go off script. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're all again. Um, um, I mean, for me, I think that whole kind of personal brand, global, global brand, or I think it's the same structure. I don't think it makes any difference. It's because ultimately, I think most marketing, as I'm doing more and more stuff, it's like it boils down to mes- messaging, targeting, and positioning, right? Regardless if you're looking at globally, regardless if you're looking at locally. And I kind of think it's still those key facets. And that if it's a global audience, then you might just use slightly different language or, you know, there's this, the perspective of the examples that you share will be more global in nature and stuff like that. And you bring that more into the context of how you explain things. But really, I think it's kind of like, yeah, it's the messaging, targeting and positioning. I still think that's the same framework. And then you just apply it in the right I guess, level. Yeah, and it's about aligning, again, I'm talking more from from an in-house point of view, but aligning what you're trying to achieve with what your business is trying to achieve. And then, yeah, finding out what those targets are, learn learn more about those areas that you're trying to sort of um, get more uh, traction on. But I think that, you know, if, if, say, for example, you know, our practice was trying to win work in, in the United States of America, then I'd be looking to say just do that research and and uh, you know it just know your market and and present yourself in the way that feels authentic and see if it resonates. Um, and I and I think that that's you know it's it's easier to say this when you're a bit older. But if you know even if you're younger and you're starting out, sort of thinking about your personal brand, you know uh, that alignment isn't conformity. It's not just about doing the thing that you think your business will reward you for doing. It's actually sort of saying that sometimes, I mean, you know, this is particular, I think I'm known as a bit of a contrarian when it comes to brand. And I kind of like sort of upsetting people a little bit. And, you know, the hundreds of times I've started a sentence with, I know you're not going to like this, but hear me out. Um, You know, sometimes it's actually, okay, I can know a lot about what that person wants or what that market wants, but that doesn't align with my values. That's not what I'm about or it's not what this business is about. And, and again, you've got a little bit of education there and then the preparedness to take a stand or not. Yeah, and, I, and also I think there's also this element of passion as well of actually mm-hmm. finding those those issues and those areas that you feel passionate about and care about. And 
happy to talk about because after a while you'd be like okay i've got free content buckets i don't like those buckets it's gonna be like Ugh. but like <laughs> but so i think you've got to find those sweet spots and that things that you know where you can kind of really add something to that conversation and that might take some work to find and, and they're going to evolve and change over time as well so for me i think it's finding those areas as well and and, and yeah and then that's what you want to convey to people so, so that's about authenticity. Let, let's talk about that uh, in, in extension to the human versus um, technology. So we've, got, we've spoken about LinkedIn being a powerful tool. What about our human brands versus AI that's coming in thick and fast, for example? Chris, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, it's such a, such a good point, Dom. You know, if if we've sort of heard nothing much of from the last few months, it's about the impact of of artificial intelligence, and I think again, personal brand is one of those things that um, you know uh, AI is apparently coming for our jobs. Um, we you know those of us who are sort of in the creative industries and writers and presenters and things like that might have thought that we might have been immune, but it isn't true. And I think that there are parts of our jobs that we should absolutely allow artificial intelligence to come for. There's some bits that we can hand over for efficiency. But personal brand, if, you know, if you're in-house, personal brand is one of those things that's going to help you stay employed, differentiate you from uh, the machine. And, you know, as AO said, you know, your passions, you know, the, the, the style and the personality and the interest that you bring, um, make that part of your personal brand and, and that, will, that will keep your job safe. Quite interesting. There's a it since like um, ChatGPT has been kind of in the news for the past couple of months. It's quite interesting seeing some of the kind of conversations happening around that, and a lot of people and copywriters and things are quite scared by it. And to me, I'm like, actually, it's understanding where these tools can help you to do your job, and then understanding where you provide that real kind of extra special source, where that you know, like your USP, and like you say, that's the creativity. That's your own personality. That's your own perspective and views. And I think once you've kind of got that together, those are the areas which are valuable and that can't be automated because that's you. And I think that's kind of what we've all got to start to build. And there's also this kind of interesting thing around things like video and stuff like that actually may become more important going forward because you can see me, you can hear me, and, you you know, I mean, there are like deep fakes as well, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's if really so many deep fakes me, I, I will have known I've really made it. If I, if I become so that going, special, you're not going to like this, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be delighted. I'd be good. so flattered if somebody deep fakes me. That'd, that'd be amazing. But I think we got a long way out for that, so that's fine. But you know, oh, what yeah. I mean? but really, but there is that thing about video and audio actually going to be coming into their own because that's hearing us, seeing us. And it's like not necessarily a chat GPT machine, you know, that you could use that to kind of get your content together. But yeah, it's, 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 we've got such an interesting time coming up, but I do think there are, you know, I'm not, I think the tools are there to help us do our jobs and we shouldn't be scared of them. But, you know, we do need to recognise that, you know, some of this stuff they can do way quicker than us and they're getting a lot better. But it comes back to your original premise uh, that people like doing business with people as well. And you know, the, more, the more people we can put into how we communicate, then the, the better off we all are. Okay, so so sticking to social media just for a moment, I think this Mark has brought up a, a topical uh, point of conversation, but this is really relevant for um, 
any organizations that are working overseas or in countries where there's um, conflicts of interest, for example. Um, and I just wanted to sort of, he's, he's used Gary, Gary Lineker as the, uh, as the example, but you know, what, what are your thoughts on uh, an individual's desire to express or build their personal brand when that personality conflicts with the brand of their employer? And I know we touched a little bit on employer um, thoughts and feelings, but, but, how do we address the conflict if there is one well, or the gap well, rather? I think Gary Lineker is a great example actually, because his personal brand is so goddamn strong, you know, what, 8 million <laughs> followers on social media, um, you know, uh, uh, sort of a, a famous uh, sporting person in this country, spectacularly well-known, um, well-known for his views on uh, immigration and refugees and asylum yeah. seekers outside of his work on the BBC. Um, and then, yeah, when it came into conflict with his employer, he, his brand was so strong that he was able to um, use that to, to his benefit. Now, I mean, it's, it's a unique and I'd say quite an extreme example. It's, it's much easier to not care about losing your job if you could, if, if yeah, you don't you care about now. losing your job, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. um, and um, so I think Gary, Gary's a, a fairly unique or at least a, a rare example um, I think if Mark Chapman from Match of the Day 2 had been tweeting about asylum seekers, they would have quietly just marched him off the set and no one would have cared too much. But but again, it kind of comes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier on about alignment, you know, what your values are, how you are creating your personal brand, and then aligning them with the business that you're in. And you've got if if they are unaligned, well, you've got two options really, don't you? You either work as an, as an influence within that business or you go and find one that aligns to how you want to work and live. And, you know, I think, I think that um, he's a great example, but, uh, and we should probably all start modelling ourselves up a little bit, but he is a bit unique. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He does have a really strong following. I think it's a really interesting one. But I do think there is this whole thing as well with also having the right policies in place and the right kind of structures in place, because it doesn't sound like, on the BBC example, that they were following what they should have been doing and stuff like that, even how they try to discipline him and stuff. And I think there's that whole thing about, you know, actually making sure that your policies stand up for, you know, what people can and can't do, especially, you know, in social media, you do have to have those policies in place. We've seen those crises happen in our own sector, you know, with people tweeting racist comments or, you know, and I think, you know, that is a risk you know, having people out there and, you know, doing stuff. So I think you do have to have those safeguards in place because ultimately it is a reputation of your company and your business as well. So that stuff does need to underpin it. But I think Gary Lineker, I mean, for himself, I think, it's, yeah, the fact he's been reinstated and the guy who was trying to say this is still going to stand is still kind of just about hanging on to his job. I think that says it all, really. Um, but I think that's the unique case of the BBC because they've got yeah. way more things to fight and do and... I think if you, you know, I think if you actually dialed this back a little bit, and we sort of took something that wasn't quite so well, that wasn't going to end up on the front page of all the papers in this country, um, <laughs> is that you know if if you're working in in a business and you are trying to affect change and you are trying to um, influence that business in a certain way, then even if your sort of personal brand and your personal values are in some way in conflict with that business at the time, um, if you've got a strong personal brand. Within, within your business, you are still going to be in a position where you could have more influence 
than someone who doesn't. And so, again, over time, you keep presenting yourself, you keep, you know, being true to your values and what makes you passionate. And you might actually find yourself um, as your your voice increases and your visibility increases within the business. I'd say that's definitely the best way that you're going to be able to affect change anyway. Um, and, and uh, you know, and, and if you don't, then you sort of, you know, might take a view on where you work next. But um, it's still an absolute positive, even at a much smaller scale than someone like um, Gary Lineker. Great question, though. Good, good Thanks. question. Great question. We've got a couple of minutes left. I'm going to take um, inspiration and amalgamate uh, a few questions. How has your developing your personal brand at work affected your, I guess, your offline, you know, your not your personal lives, but sort of the outside of work life? I, I'm looking for inspiration as to how how you guys, I mean, you've touched on it individually, but how it's kind of changed your lives developing your personal brand each. Yeah, my personal brand now means that the mums at the school gates know what I do. <laughs> It does. And it's, you know, and, and stuff like that. So there are things where people are kind of more, just generally understand more about this, the industry. I'm getting, you know, starting to talk to students and, and, and things like that and, and, and being able to kind of inspire the next gen, which is quite good. And those opportunities are coming from, you know, can be personal connections who are like, oh, you work in this type of field and, and stuff like that. So I think there's outside of work there are kind of things like that where it's starting to come through which is quite nice I don't know if this answers your question Dom but I would say that the sort of impact again it's about authenticity is yeah. that you know where, where I start sentences like you know I, I you're going to hate this but hear me out I mean I, I do say that to my wife sometimes when I'm talking about you know <laughs> We're going, we're going on on a holiday, or we'll go to uh, I don't know an art exhibition or a restaurant or something like that. And it's just kind of the way that the way that I have put myself together in terms of my brand and being a little bit contrarian and a little bit like I I want to see what happens has actually really had an impact on my personal life in a, in a lovely way and occasionally terrifying, but but mostly really rewarding way. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. My eight-year-old does talk about personal brand. <laughs> it's a bit scary and he's like he starts with my branding and i'm like oh my god and can impersonate me which is even scarier wow <laughs> oh yeah a, 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 a profession in the theater beckons i guess what i'm getting at is that the two the two aren't separate it's really it's it a brand is a representation of you um inside and outside of any professional setting um, and uh, Rachel, I'll just maybe close on this. Um, Rachel sort of was talking about that being really solidified for you, Io, during lockdown, but then sort of the continuation and that legacy afterwards. Um, so that's sort of what I was trying to kind of allude to of the value of it after, you know, because that carried you through a really tough time. And actually, fact- there is a, sorry, there are, I, I now understand the question, right? But there also, there is there are people that come up to me when I'm out and about networking and they'll come up and go, I know who you are. Or they'll come and say hello and introduce themselves, either via, I think it's from either my podcast or something else, but something to do with my brand is how they know. So I think that whole personal brand, it helps you to, people to know, like, and trust you way more and way quicker. And I think it, it builds so over the years, it gets stronger and stronger. So, yeah, that's how that helps me. There you go. I've got it now. <laughs> my terrible question-asking skills. Um, okay, we're going to wrap up now. Do you have any last points 
to make either of you that um, you haven't been able to cover or you? Actually, I've got, yeah, I've got two. Um, and first to that question, because you, you know, outside of work life, I, I, I've, it's been a long time since I've been on a date, thankfully. Um, but I, ju- I just think if you're out there in the dating world, and again, I don't know anything about the apps and all of this, you know, I'm way too old. Married for any of that crap, right? So you do. The first of all, is actually really to really be thoughtful of if you're going on to um to one of these dating apps. I think because some of the I, I see some social media around. You know, um, some accounts. One's called Tinder Banter, and another one's called Ask Aubrey, and it's basically Reddit feeds and and Tinder bios and things like that. And they're just dreadful, and they make you, you know, just make you want to be vomitous frankly so um you know be mindful of that from one perspective um and i think there's just probably just one other thing that i wanted to add that i didn't get into the chat but just as a sort of thing for in-house um and you know we were talking a little bit about um you know sort of uh, how you how you might start off slowly and i was talking about the internal opportunities to communicate and, and to and to make yourself visible and there's one I really just wanted to share with everyone because it was one that was shared with me. It was, kind of, it was a, a sort of thing that was used on me and I actually thought that's a really nice way to go about things. I had someone, I'd given a lunchtime presentation and um, there was a junior person, relatively new person um, in the business that I was working in at the time who just sort of said, you know, um, I, I heard what you said at lunchtime about, you know, um, attracting the kind of architects that we want to attract and how we're not necessarily reaching all of the people that we want to reach at the moment. And I've got a bit of experience with LinkedIn and, and uh, I've got a few questions and I'd like a bit of advice. Could I just pull you aside for, for 20 minutes and have a bit of a chat? And that was a really interesting, around that person, and that was a young person, this is going back a while, you know, sort of eight to 10 years now. And I thought that was a really nice, gentle method for a junior person to start building their personal brand with me as a more senior person in the communications team and just sort of me to start to get a sense of what this person's about and what they're interested in and how that can then align with the business. So um, if you're, if you are particularly if you're younger or if you're new to this, this profession um, and you're looking to make connections with senior people in your business, and I don't know, this might even work out in the consultant world as well, um, that, that thing of, uh, can you just give me a bit of advice or can I ask you a question about this or I've got an idea, can I grab you for a coffee? That can be a really, really powerful thing to start developing your your personal brand on that we might end so hopefully that's been valuable for people and um there'll be another build-up event very soon all right thank you everyone for joining us take care everyone take care thank you thank you thanks so much for listening to the built environment marketing show Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.